From the heart of the Forest City, focusing on the biggest stories in London, this is the Craig Needles Podcast. Now here's your host, Craig Needles. It's the Craig Needles Podcast here at ClassicRock981.com. It's LondonNewsToday.ca, where it can be found as well. And of course... You can find us on your very favorite podcast app. And today, we're talking Greenbelt, which we've done a few times in the podcast lately, but geez, the news just keeps on changing. Uh, On Monday morning of a holiday weekend, so 9 a.m. Labor Day Monday, Steve Clark announced to the public his resignation uh, from the ministry file. Of course, this is after the uh, ethics concerns, uh, the Auditor General's report. Today, Doug Ford says they're going to... uh, uh, look at again the green belt lands that uh, have been opened up for development. So this is just a mess, and it's a mess that uh, uh, is hard to wade our way through. So I wanted to ask Peggy Sattler about that, who of course is the member of Parliament, our provincial Parliament, I should say, for London West, and joins us uh, here on the podcast to talk about that. Hello, Peggy. Thank you for doing this. Oh, thanks for having me on, Craig. There's a lot to talk about. There is a lot to talk about. So first, let's talk about Steve Clark's resignation. That happens. I don't even know where it ranks on the news dump scale. I tweeted this. Uh, usually the news dump happens, you know, the Friday right before the long weekend, as opposed to the Monday morning of the long weekend. Uh, when you found about Steve Clark's resignation after, you know, you you and your caucus colleagues have been asking for this for uh, a little over a week, what was your reaction to it? Well, it it was about time. That was my reaction. I mean, we had, uh, it it was the first week of August, let's not forget, that the Auditor General uh, released that report. uh, And that was followed shortly after by the Integrity Commissioner showing uh, the uh, the accountability of the housing minister uh, for uh, this Greenbelt scandal. And it was actually quite shocking that he waited as long as he did uh, to resign. But it certainly has been an eventful 24 hours uh, since, uh, since he posted that letter on X uh, announcing his resignation yesterday morning and uh, leading to the cabinet shuffle and today's announcement of the Greenbelt Review. Yeah, let's talk about the uh, announcement of the Greenbelt Review first. And uh, look, it sounds all well and good to say we're going to review this. Now, what I think they should be doing is just saying, you know what, we're just going to pause this entire thing. When he was asked by reporters today, hey, does this mean that we're going to stop the actual development while we do this review? There wasn't really much of an answer there. There also was no answer at all in regards to how long this review is going to take. There was an answer, but the answer did not, and I checked it twice, contain a single word that was a measurement of time, seconds, minutes, hours, days, weeks, months, years, nothing. So we don't really know a lot about what this review is. And as far as we know, the green belt might still be getting developed while this review is underway. Yeah, clearly the government is in major damage control mode. They're desperately looking for a way to try to dig themselves out of this scandal. Uh, But let's not forget the uh, the government's own hand-picked housing affordability task force uh, said uh, over a year ago that there is plenty of land in this province to be developed outside of the green belt and that was reconfirmed by the uh, auditor general in her report there is no need to open up the green belt to development so you know the the, the fact that the government is going to review <laughs> the lands that are within the green belt and whether whether they should be up for development completely avoids the, the reality here that the lands that were removed should be returned 
And we should be looking at developing all of those properties that already have the infrastructure available to move forward quickly and deal with the housing price crisis in this province without, you know, putting ourselves at risk of, uh, of, of flooding and, and, uh, and losing that precious farmland that is contained in, uh, in the Greenbelt. Here's the part that doesn't make sense for me with that. Uh, the Premier, when asked about that, when asked about his own task force saying that we don't need to use the Greenbelt, says that revised immigration targets mean they have to use the Greenbelt. But the idea of opening up the Greenbelt for development came in August of 2022 before the revised immigration targets. So the timeline doesn't really make a lot of sense there for me. Yeah, exactly. And we have fact checked that numerous times. You know, the government is making these bogus claims that this land is necessary uh, for because of the housing crisis, because of the, the immigrants arriving in our province. And we definitely need uh, immigrants in Ontario. Uh, we definitely need housing in Ontario, uh, but the Housing Affordability Task Force uh, ruled, you know, over a year ago uh, that there is, or they determined over a year ago that there is plenty of land in the province to be developed that's ready for development. I mean, that's the other big issue about opening up the greenbelt, the infrastructure that's necessary to service those lands is not going to, to be put in place quickly. And it is not going to enable us to, to meet those, those housing targets uh, that we need to meet. And, uh, you know, it, it clearly uh, what the auditor said, what the integrity commissioner said, this selling off of Greenbelt uh, land is a windfall for big developers who stand to make over $8 billion in profit. And it's not going to do anything to deal with the with the real housing affordability crisis that we face in Ontario. I know there are people online that have said, hey, you know, Steve Clark has resigned. The premier should resign, too. Is the NDP caucus going that far with this at this point? Well, the premier certainly has a lot of questions to ask. And it's clear from both the auditor report and the integrity commissioner report and, and all of the other stuff that's being uncovered about you know, uh, people called Mr. X in the integrity commissioner's report and somebody known as the fixer uh, who were working behind <laughs> the scenes to try to negotiate deals for uh, for uh, some of the biggest uh, land developers in the province uh, with the government. So there there's a lot of there's a lot of answers that Ontarians deserve to have uh, from the premier. Also, what about those phone records? You know, he he, he didn't use his government phone for weeks when all of this was going on uh we need to see those private phone records we need to we need to know about the extent of the emails that were deleted when all of this was being negotiated and the premier has a a, a, a responsibility to come clean with the people of ontario and and tell us uh how this uh how this deal went down yeah, I don't know who Mr. X and the Fixer are, but I, I suspect Batman will get to the bottom of it. Uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, the, the entire thing just is bizarre to me from this perspective. It, it, it seems that this was not carefully done, and that's obvious. And it's it's very clear that there were uh, there were a lot of people who were involved in this thing who were not 
trustworthy individuals. But the part that just makes me scratch my head is, look, they could very easily, if this was really just about housing, they could really easily say, all right, we're pausing all Greenbelt conversations right now. We're not opening up any of this land for development and we're going to sit and we're going to do this review. But they're not saying that with the review. They're just saying, oh yeah, we're going to review it, but we're not necessarily committing to pausing anything. Yeah, not only are they not committing to pausing anything, they're they're uh, they're opening up the possibility that more parcels of Greenbelt land could be taken out. You know, the premier was very clear in uh, or was not clear at all in terms of avoiding that question about whether this could mean uh, more parcels of land uh, lost from the Greenbelt. And and once once the Greenbelt becomes negotiable, uh, it's not a Greenbelt anymore. I mean, then it it all becomes. Uh, uh, possible uh, land speculation for people to, to to roll the dice and you know buy up land because maybe down the road it's going to be available for development. So so it's uh, it, it is a big problem. And and the other thing uh, that we that we can't uh, forget about Craig is uh, is back when Doug Ford was running to be leader of the of the Conservative Party, uh, he was taped in conversation with uh, with a small group of, of uh, connected conservative insider donors saying that he will open up the green belt for development he spent the first four years of his uh, of his government uh trying to deny and backtrack on that but now we've seen that this was this was the plan all along and uh, it was never about housing it was never about immigration it was about uh letting these developers these land speculators make huge profits uh at the expense of all of the people in this province who are you know who are looking to the government to show some leadership and get the affordable housing built uh, that we desperately need. So let's talk about that. Uh, the government would say, well, we're just trying to get housing built and that's, that's, that, that's our goal here. That's what we want to accomplish and we have to use the Greenbelt in order to make that happen. Now, you, of course, disagree with them. How do you want to see housing get built in the province of Ontario right now? What role does the provincial government have in this in your estimation? Well, you know, the, the Association of Municipalities of Ontario, AMO, uh, met in London uh, just a couple of weeks ago. There were, you know, 2,500 uh, representatives from municipalities across the province uh, who all gathered here. The Marit Stiles, the leader of the official opposition, and a number of, uh, of, uh, of New Democrats in, in, uh, in the NDP caucus met uh, with uh, with about two dozen delegations from from various parts of the province, and many of them talked about the fact uh, that the government passed legislation to to put timelines on municipalities in terms of uh, development approvals. There were no timelines on developers who have who have received municipal permits to move forward with development. So we heard from one municipality who said that they had a, a project that had been given the go-ahead 10 years ago, and the developer is still sitting on that land. There is a lot of, uh, of land in this province that developers are sitting on uh, that, that has the infrastructure there, uh, that has the municipal approvals required, uh, but uh, you know, the profit perhaps isn't big enough for the developer to want to go ahead at, at, at this moment. Uh, those are the kinds of, uh, of, of requirements that the provincial government could put in place uh, to get 
the housing built that we need in this province. And look, it's it's got to get done. I think everyone agrees with that, and I think that it's got to get done in a uh, really an, an intensification vein is where we need to be going after this thing and not sort of spreading out and building on places like the Greenbelt and spreading out and, and building on uh, the valuable farmland in Ontario that we've already you know built over a lot of. So it's, it's a matter of, I, I think we have to get really, really aggressive here, right? Uh, we absolutely do. And it's really worrisome that in the government's, uh, in the government's budget this year, uh, they reported on housing starts in the province and we're actually below uh, what we had been in the previous two years. We have to basically double the number of housing starts that we're seeing in Ontario if we're going to have any hope of, uh, of meeting the, the goal of, uh, of 1.5 uh, million homes in the next decade. And, and so the, the, the government really has to get serious. And, and that's the other thing uh, about the Greenbelt. Uh, and, and and what the government is proposing to do. Nobody, nobody thinks that the homes that may or may not be built on the Greenbelt are the homes that we need in this province. You know, we're looking, we're talking about, about you know, mega mansions being built in, in, in all of that, uh, you know, that, that land surrounding the GTHA that is not connected to transit, that's not uh, connected to where uh, people are working and, and, uh, and where they want to be. So we really have to, uh, to focus on uh, intensification. Uh, looking at uh, looking at the land that is already uh, zoned for development, that is uh, that already has the infrastructure in place, and uh, and moving quickly to 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 get those homes built. And 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 the other thing is too. Let's not forget the housing affordability task force that reported over a year ago uh, had fifty five recommendations. The government has moved on three of them. So there's there's lots of other uh, tools and strategies that have been identified that the government is uh, is just ignoring. Yeah, and uh, that the uh, fifty-five recommendations again. I know that some people might hear that and say, "Well, who's making those recommendations?" And is it so? Uh, it, it's people that the government handpicked in order to be on this housing panel. So it's not as though it's it's political adversaries who have said, "Hey, here are fifty-five things you can do." It's people the government was on board with having a role in this, saying, "Here's what you should do," and the government's not doing those things. Yeah, and neither is the government listening to municipalities. the 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 government's uh, the government passed uh, two major housing bills in the last session. Bill twenty three, uh, you probably talked about in, uh, on your show, but that is a bill that uh, that garnered a lot of opposition uh, across the province, and uh, that was that was imposed upon municipalities with with no consultation, no notice. It left a huge hole. Uh, in municipal budgets. Municipalities are still waiting uh, to hear from the province about how the province is going to make up that revenue shortfall and, uh, and, and how municipalities are going to be able to move ahead, helping to meet those uh, provincial housing goals uh, if they are not regarded as a partner by the government. You know, municipalities have some good ideas about how to uh, how to move forward more quickly uh, and meet uh, meet the the housing goals that have been set and the government needs to start listening to uh, to those voices, 
as well as the voices of, of uh, experts and the reports that are already out there, the good work that's already been done uh, to, to let the government know uh, how we can move forward to, to start to get the affordable houses we need. It, it's got to start happening. Uh, so I'll ask you this, and I, I have a feeling I know what you're going to say. Uh, Paul Calandra as housing minister now, Municipal Affairs. Yeah. <laughs> how do you think that's going to go? Well, you know, we have seen Paul Calandra on the uh, long-term care file. Uh, he is, uh, he is uh, going to be over the top uh, and, uh, and as dramatic as, uh, as, uh, as he can be. Uh, we've, seen, we've seen those, uh, those performances before, uh, but I have no confidence, Ontarians have no confidence uh, that, uh, that this is going to uh, uh, repair the breach of trust uh, that has uh, that has occurred uh, after the you know the with, with the with the revelations that were included in the Auditor General's report and the Integrity Commissioner's report. Paul Calandra has a lot to get up to speed on. Uh, we don't have time to lose. Uh, we gotta we gotta get the legislature back in session, which is what Mart Stiles and the NDP have been calling for all summer. We have to get back to Queens Park. We have to pass legislation to return those uh, those uh, parcels of land to the Greenbelt, and we have to start moving ahead with uh, with legislation and policies that are actually going to get uh, the the homes that we need in this province. Yeah, as opposed to uh, dealing with this mess. Anything else you want to add, Peggy, before we uh, wrap up our chat here? No, I mean, the, the, the government is, is, is unraveling. <laughs> I, I don't think, it's, it's hard to imagine a period of, uh, of politics in Ontario that has been quite as, uh, as chaotic as we, see, uh, as we see before us. And, uh, you know, the, 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 the process most Ontarians, the majority of Ontarians, uh, believe that the process was corrupt, uh, and they believe that on the basis of the evidence that was uh, that was provided by the Auditor General and the Integrity Commissioner. So, so the, this uh, the, what the government is doing in this review of the Greenbelt is not going to address uh, any of those uh, any of those concerns. It's not going to reassure. Uh, Ontarians, that uh, that corruption was not involved. We need to hear from the premier himself as to what happened uh, with this greenbelt land swap. We have to get those protected lands back, and we have to we have to get serious about dealing with the housing crisis in Ontario. Uh, you mentioned that polling, and yeah, the corrupt corrupt was the word that was used within the polling. So the government would acknowledge that oh, mistakes were made, but the word corrupt was right there in the question, and and the majority of Ontarians agree that yes, corruption is is how you would describe this, or at least how they feel you should describe this. And, and we've got a lot of reports that would indicate that there does seem to be something to it. Yeah, and the uh, the RCMP, as I understand, is actively reviewing whether a formal investigation is warranted. And I, I hear from a lot of people, my own read <laughs> of those reports uh, suggests uh, that there is evidence there. Uh, that would uh, that 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 would legitimately trigger an RCMP investigation, and and once we uh, once that starts, once we once we hear from the Information and Privacy Commissioner about those phone records that uh, that uh, uh, um, 
you know, that that aren't available or that were hidden from uh, from the public. Uh, once we hear from the integrity commissioner on the other investigations that uh, that uh, are either underway or are under consideration, uh, I think that that is just going to confirm people's views that this this was a corrupt process and no amount of tinkering around the edges of a corrupt process is going to make, you know, is going to all of a sudden make the process a clean one. We need to, you know, start from scratch put those lands back and move forward with uh, with a plan to build housing on the land that is available outside the Greenbelt. We will uh, leave it there. Peggy, as always, thank you so much for, uh, for giving us some time today. Glad that you could do this with us. Thank you. Yeah, thanks, Craig. Take care. That's Peggy Sattler here on the Craig Needles podcast, which of course can be found at londonnewstoday.com. .ca, classicrock981.com, wherever it is you get your podcast. We are uh, probably going to talk a little bit more about Greenbelt on Friday, but we'll see what news happens between now and then. Lots of things to consider, of course, but we will have the Friday Roundtable coming up this week. Hope you can tune in for that. We will uh, wrap up this episode here. Thank you very much for listening to, downloading, subscribing to, and rating and reviewing, and all that great stuff with the Craig Needles Podcast. The Craig Needles Podcast is a presentation of the Blackburn Media Podcast Network. 